This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of the Zoomer Week in Review, heard every Sunday at noon on Zoomer Radio. You're listening to the Zoomer Week in Review, brought to you by CARP, a new vision of aging. Support CARP with your membership today. Visit carp.ca. Good afternoon. Welcome to the Zoomer Week in Review, all things Zoomer worldwide. I'm Christine Ross for Libby's Nimer. Healthcare could decide the Ontario election. Seniors are worried about the future of healthcare and they're making that message loud and clear in the provincial campaign. A just released poll by CARP and the Ontario Medical Association suggests that people want a significant new investment in care. And eating 12 ounces of protein a day and doing strength training three times a week is your best weapon against weight gain as we age. I speak with a weight management and nutrition expert about how to feel better and keep the pounds off in our Zoomer years. But first, here are your Zoomer headlines from around the world. Could the DNA of super seniors hold the secret to healthy aging? There's a select group of these long-living healthy Canadians, and 700 of them are part of a study looking at why these seniors age without illness. It's a different approach to the traditional studies that look at what make people sick. To qualify, participants must be at least 85 and never diagnosed with the top five killer diseases, cancer, heart disease, diabetes, dementia, and lung disease. Centenarians are the fastest growing age group in Canada, numbering 8,200 in the 2016 census. This study is being done by a geneticist at BC's Simon Fraser University. An Australian senior has been rolling up his sleeve and giving the gift of life for over 62 years. In that time, 81-year-old James Harrison has saved the lives of what health officials claim is over 2 million babies needing the special plasma in his blood. Last week marked a remarkable milestone. The so-called man with the golden arm donated for the final time, bringing the number of donations to 1,173. James says it's free to donate and only takes a bit of time, but last week was his final donation. He's stopping to protect his own health. In Zoomer Health News, in the U.S., there have been significant declines in cancer deaths among both men and women. And the number of cancer rates also dropped by over 2% a year for men over a six-year period and remained stable for women. This, according to the American Cancer Society and other groups that track the rates between 2008 and 2014. Overall, cancer death rates over the past 16 years fell by 1.8% per year among men and 1.4% among women. More and more older children are living with their Zoomer parents these days for a number of reasons, but one couple was fed up with their 30-year-old son living under their roof, so they went to court to kick him out. The judge agreed it was time for Michael Rotondo to move out of his parents' Syracuse home. The judge gave Michael 12 days to vacate, even though he asked the courts for another six months. A couple in Portland, Oregon may want to think twice next time they have a private conversation in their home. They own the electronic personal assistant Echo, but it took on a life of its own two weeks ago. 
Echo not only recorded their conversation, but sent the audio to their friends. Thankfully, it was just a boring chat about hardwood floors. Amazon says the device interpreted a word in the background conversation as Alexa. That's the command that wakes up the machine. This comes just two months after a number of owners reported the device was emitting creepy laughter for no reason. (laughs) The company now says it's looking at options so these issues don't happen again. I'm Christine Ross, and those are your Zoomer headlines from around the world. When patients across Ontario are waiting over four years to see a specialist, it's time to demand better from our government. Those words from the president of the Ontario Medical Association, Dr. Nadia Alam. Her organization, along with CARP, have released a poll that suggests CARP members are not happy with health care and are making it a provincial election issue. Things are pretty bad, and the reason they're bad right now is because of years of decision-making, right? The decisions that government makes today take years to bear fruit. And that's partly why I think even if the government starts making good decisions today, proper funding decisions, sensible policy decisions, just using their common sense even to respond to what patients need, it's going to take a few months to a few years to really see what the results of those decisions are. It can't be a flash-in-the-pan decision. If we can talk about the poll results just for a minute, what stands out as the key number one issue of the respondents, the CARP respondents? Actually, I think they're worried about all of healthcare, but I think the big things that are preying on their minds are wait times for necessary surgeries, necessary specialist consultations, the fear of hallway medicine, the fear of what's going to happen to me as I grow older? Is home care going to be able to help me stay independent, stay functional? Or am I going to be stuck waiting for a hospital bed or waiting for a nursing home on one of those never-ending wait lists? What's going to happen? And what's going to happen to my family as they try and take care of me? A lot of Zoomers that I know do not want to be a burden on their family. They're fiercely independent. They love living on their own. They love being able to do things. And there is a great fear that that may go away. There may not be enough doctors to take care of them, that there may not be enough home care to help take care of them and keep them independent and functional. Healthcare with a specific focus on seniors did feature prominently in this campaign compared to others. The Liberals and the NDP have similar platforms when you know, dental and healthcare. PC leader Doug Ford says he wants to get rid of hallway medicine. So on some level, the message must be getting through. I think so. And, and it should feature heavily. Seniors are our fastest growing population. In 2020, we're going to have 2.4 million. By 2040, that number is going to double. One in four people are going to be seniors. This is a huge demographic. And as people get older, they have chronic illnesses, which are tricky to manage. And for that, you need family doctors. You need specialists who specialize in chronic disease management to keep seniors healthy and well. Tell me about the OMA's campaign, the Not a Second Longer. That campaign came out of a sense that physicians do not work in isolation. To do our jobs well, we depend on nurses, we depend on hospitals, we depend on home care, we depend on all of that. That is what the healthcare system is. And unfortunately, for the last about 10, 15 years, healthcare has kind of been ignored. It's kind of been put on the back burner. It doesn't feature prominently in other elections. And that's a big problem. If you keep funding flat, even while costs are rising, what that ends up meaning is what we see today. 
We don't have enough hospital beds. We don't have enough nurses to man the hospital beds. We don't have enough home care to go around. We have people sitting in stretchers in hallways without pillows. I mean, even just the basics. There's no dignity in being cared for in a hallway. I wouldn't want that for my mom or dad who are are seniors. I wouldn't want that for any of my patients. And it's heartbreaking to try and maintain a patient's dignity and privacy when they're one in a long line of stretchers down the hall. And that's what really prompted the Not a Second Longer campaign. It's about doctors, but mostly it's about what we see when we go into the hospitals, when we go into patient homes for house calls, the suffering that we see. We wanted to make people realize that this is what we see and this is what we're reacting to. And this is why we're asking the government and have been asking the government for years now to have a senior strategy to have a plan for health care. So pretend it's June 8th, the morning after the <laughs> provincial election, and you're granted a brief interview with the premier-elect to sit down in the office. What is it you would say in those moments? I would say health care is the one necessity that every single Ontarian needs. While they may not realize the necessity until they need it, it has to be functional, it has to be there, it has to be working well. What is the Premier's plan? What exactly is it in detail? What's the plan for this coming year? What's the plan for five years from now? What's the vision for 10 years from now? Because honestly, our healthcare system was built in the 1960s. Everything in our lives has drastically changed since the 1960s, from women's rights all the way to the digital age, all the way to social media. Healthcare has not. That's, that's not okay. So that's what my big question for the Premier would be. What is your vision for now, five years from now, ten years from now? As the new president, congratulations, of the Ontario Medical Association. Thank you. How do you plan to keep up the pressure on the provincial government going forward to keep health care a priority? I find that patient stories are what resonate. They resonate with me. They resonate with my colleagues. They also resonate at the government level. Those are the stories that I'm going to keep bringing up because, honestly, at the end of the day, I think of myself not just as a doctor, not just as a mom, but as a storyteller. And it's because as people, as humans, we recognize the humanity in these stories. And when we see suffering, especially when you know you can do something about that suffering, something to alleviate it and make it better, those stories resonate even more and they can often motivate change. More than that, the OMA has gone through a lot of internal restructuring over the past year. And one of the things we're coming out with is a think tank division, because at this point, we really do need sensible policy and we're not really seeing it from the government. So I think doctors have to put their heads together and say, "Okay, you know, we've we've done vaccines, we've done this, we've done that. We now have to look at the healthcare system and start figuring out how are we going to change this for the future? Because at some point, I'm going to be a Zoomer and I need a functional healthcare system at that point. That was Dr. Nadia Alam, the president of the Ontario Medical Association. I'm Christine Ross for Libby's Nimer, and this is the Zoomer Week in Review. Coming up, struggling to lose weight? We'll have some tips. You're listening to the Zoomer Week in Review, brought to you by CARP, a new vision of aging. Support CARP with your membership today. Visit carp.ca. Struggling to lose weight or keep it under control? With winter hibernation behind us, spring is the best time to jumpstart your health and fitness plan with an age-defying diet and strength training. Dr. Caroline Apovian is the current director of the Nutrition and Weight Management Center at Boston Medical Center. 
these are good times to try to figure out how to get more physical activity even during your daytime activities. So, for example, instead of driving to work, if your workplace is nearby, taking a brisk walk to work or trying to find times during your work hours where you can get outside and do a walk, a brisk walk. And if you usually walk anyway, trying to do resistance exercise training during the walk by putting wristbands and ankle bands on to add some weight to the walk so that you're getting resistance exercise. Resistance exercise is actually the only way as you get older to prevent the natural muscle mass loss. As we get older, we lose muscle mass, gain more fat, and we become less functional. And and it's all about being functional as you get older. So there's a myriad of, of fad diets, keto, Atkins, everything. It seems that the message, however, at least from my perspective, is that lifestyle change, not so much diets, finally seem to be setting in for Zoomers. Is this what you're seeing in your work as well? What has been shown in the literature is that it doesn't matter what diet you're on to lose weight. So you can be on an Atkins diet, a keto diet, or a very low-fat diet or a vegan diet, and you can lose weight as long as you reduce calories. However, to keep that weight off is where lifestyle comes into play because anybody can go on a diet and get the, um, let's say, activation energy to be excited to lose weight. It's just that when you lose that weight, it's really hard to keep that weight off because in this environment, in Canada and the United States, we have fast food on every corner almost. And our bodies interact with our environment so that our brains crave that food. We've found that there is dysfunction between the pathways going from our gut to our brain so that when we lose weight, our brains trigger hunger. And those hormones that trigger hunger are so powerful that almost all of us will gain the weight back. That's where lifestyle comes in. We've got to change our lifestyle behaviorally to make sure that we keep the weight off. And that includes resistance exercise training and also keeping ourselves within reach of healthy food instead of putting ourselves in front of fast food and the foods that trigger us to overeat. You mentioned gut, so let's stick with what I call the stubborn belly fat. It's a problem not only for women, menopausal, but it's for men too, as we all age. Mm-hmm. Is there anything, it seems that there is no amount of exercise or even eating less that seems to work. And it's the belly fat that's concerning, right? That's the link to diabetes and so forth. So what, what can Zoomers do regarding belly fat? Most of us, as we get older, genetically programmed to gain belly fat, and that is the fat that is at highest risk of us developing diabetes and heart disease. So what to do? First of all, we can change our body composition. So again, resistance exercise training and the proper diet will reduce the amount of fat that's redistributed from our subcutaneous area to our visceral area as we age. And if we build muscle mass and go on a low-fat diet or a a low-carb diet, any kind of a diet, we will reduce belly fat. So although it does increase as we age, there are things we can do to reduce belly fat. 
sleep is very important. So the less we sleep, so we need seven to eight hours of sleep every day. If we don't get it, our hunger hormones go up, our satiety hormones go down, and the stress hormones go up, and those stress hormones will cause our fat to be distributed more in the belly. We're at about the halfway point now from our New Year's resolutions of health and fitness goals. What's your advice to those who have maybe hit some pitfalls or who have fallen off the wagon? You can get out there and feel good because the sun makes you feel good. So as opposed to New Year's, January, which can be depressing for a lot of people, if you haven't been uh, good with your New Year's resolution, the sun will help you. Also, great fruits and vegetables are available now, which are, uh, can entice you and solve your sweet tooth. Again, the biggest change in your life could come simply by resistance exercise training two to three times a week, every large muscle in your body, plus a high-protein diet. That was Dr. Carolina Povian, president of the Obesity Society in the U.S. and a professor at Boston University. I'm Christine Ross in for Libby Snymer, and this is the Zoomer Week in Review. Coming up, we profile the singer who's gone from the edge of 17 to the age of 70. You're listening to the Zoomer Week in Review, brought to you by CARP, a new vision of aging. Support CARP with your membership today. Visit carp.ca. Welcome back to the Zoomer Week in Review, all things Zoomer worldwide. I'm Christine Ross for Libby's Nimer. It's time for your International Arts Datebook. Tips for those of you who are jetting around the world. Here's Jane Brown. To mark the 50th anniversary of the social and political protests of 1968, there is a new display at Tate Britain revealing how artists in London responded. London 1968 features a series of iconic works by the Camden Poster Workshop. The Guggenheim Museum in Bilbao, Spain, is presenting art and China. It examines contemporary works from the Tiananmen protests of 1989 to the Beijing Olympics in 2008. In keeping with its appetite for mysteries and thrillers, the Tempo Theatre in Canberra, Australia, is reviving one of the best-known Sherlock Holmes tales. The Hound of the Baskervilles opens this weekend. And a newly attributed unsigned work by Rembrandt is now on display at Amsterdam's Heritage Museum. It is the first unknown Rembrandt to surface in 44 years. I'm Jane Brown, and that's the International Arts Datebook. Stevie Nicks has one of the most iconic female voices in rock and roll history. As the principal songwriter and vocalist in Fleetwood Mac, with an extremely successful solo career, she's had over 40 top 50 hits and sold 140 million albums. She carries the moniker Reigning Queen of Rock and Roll and is also one of the 100 greatest singers of all time, according to Rolling Stone magazine. Nix was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame with her bandmates from Fleetwood Mac in 1998. This weekend, Stevie Nicks is celebrating her 70th birthday. Right now, a song she wrote for Fleetwood Mac's 1977 album, Rumors. Here is Dreams. That was Stevie Nicks and Fleetwood Mac with Dreams. 
Stevie Nicks turned 70 this weekend. And that brings us to the end of this week's edition of the Zoomer Week in Review. I'm Christine Ross for Libby's Nimer. And thanks for joining me today. Be sure to come back next week to stay up to date with all things Zoomer worldwide. You've been listening to the Zoomer Week in Review. Produced by MZ Media Limited. Executive producer, Moses Nimer. Produced by Christine Ross, Michelle Saunders, Paul Thomas, and Andre Lowy. This has been an exclusive podcast of the Zoomer Week in Review, heard every Sunday at noon on Zoomer Radio. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.